Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's jump in to today's episode. Today, we're going to talk about four qualities of an influential communicator. The first thing we want to focus on is something that we don't often think about too much, and that is the experience that we create for others. Do we create an experience where people feel drawn toward us, drawn away from us, or is it more of a ah, neutral experience? And hope to God it's not a negative one, but (laughs) I can tell you too that most of the time I give positive experiences, but I've definitely not been on top of my game at times. And I will say that I'm sure that I gave a negative experience, but I only bring that up because we're all human. And generally the goal is to make sure that most of the time you're projecting the image that you want to project. And that's where I think about what is the experience that you want to create and how do you want people to be talking about you when you walk, when they walk away from an interaction with you? Do they, do you want them to feel drawn towards you? How, in what way do you want to influence them? Even thinking about writing your eulogy is a really powerful thing because you can pretty much have a good idea of how you lived a life when you write your eulogy and help you focus on living the life that you want to lead as well. But in general, we're going to focus on and break this down into some really specific, tangible action items to help you with that. And the first one that I have found, and these are not necessarily in any order, but number one is to being an influential communicator is having a point and sticking to it. And the opposite of that is missing the point with too much detail. Too often that happens where we ramble and I always tell people I'm a recovering rambler myself, so I understand. And yet we need to have a point if we want to be influential. If people feel like they don't know where we're headed, it's going to be pretty hard for them to think that we're credible and influential. First of all, decide what your point is in advance. Make sure that you've prepped for that meeting or that presentation and record it practice it a number of times, especially if it's high stakes and get somebody else's input. Ask them, was my point clear? Did I state it up front? Too often what happens is we add a lot of extraneous detail and then we ourselves get lost in the detail when we're presenting. And maybe you know what you're presenting, but if it's not connected clearly to the audience, then it will be pretty hard for them to know. So make sure that you know that point in advance And if you do, though, find yourself rambling, here is my tip. Stop, pause, and say out loud, and my point is this. That will help you to focus, but it will also help your audience focus and go, oh, she has a point. We're going somewhere. That is a a very big one that a lot of people miss. As obvious as it is, it's a big one that people miss. And The other one, you may have heard of the term BLUF. It stands for bottom line up front. It is a U.S. military term. And what I would challenge you to do is think about the last three emails that you wrote and ask yourself, where was the point? Was it up front or was it buried somewhere at the bottom? A lot of times this happens where we build a case and then at the end, that's when we've made our point. And unfortunately, by the time we get to that, stage in the email, 
if the email was too long, the person won't have read it anyway. We've got to make sure that we get to the point quickly because here's another interesting fun fact about people. Most of us write or speak building a case to get to the point. But the way most of us take information in is we need the point first and then all of the details make sense. Even a simple example like a voicemail. I know most of us aren't leaving voicemails anymore, but leaving a voicemail where you're going round and round about the topic and then at the very end you say, oh, here's why I called. That's what I'm talking about. This happened very recently on a voice memo in a group setting. One of the women kept saying, my question is, So here's the context about, and I'm going, wait a second, (laughs) that wasn't the question. Even when people say my question is, they end up going off on a tangent or talking about something that isn't even the question. So don't be that person. Make sure that you have that point, you stick to it, make sure that your message is clear and compelling and avoid rambling. And also what I didn't say yet, avoid data dumps. Too often we dump data on people, we vomit information at somebody, and it is way too hard for them to actually take it in. It is not palatable. And a lot of times what we end up doing, especially for those of us that are dealing with numbers a lot, is we project an Excel document on a PowerPoint slide. And that is the last thing that people want to be looking at. Now, I will say there is one exception. When you are with people who are like-minded that want that level of detail, that's a different story. But we have to remember that when we present, the visuals should be support to us as the presenter. That the visuals should not become the presentation. You are the presentation. You are the one that's there to influence, not the visuals. So make sure you have a point, you keep it simple. And you know, there's that phrase of dumbing it down. How do you dumb this down for your audience? It is not dumbing it down. It's smartening it up. I love what somebody said once about that. Simplicity is key. And if you think about, and even want to argue with this fact, think about how much credibility Steve Jobs had. Think about how simple he was with things. It was clear, singularly focused, and that's what helped people influence because they got what he was talking about. So think about that with your messaging. Have a point. The second thing here that's really important is to make sure that your message is relevant to your audience. One of the things that gets in the way is something called the curse of knowledge. The curse of knowledge is when we are so expert in our topic, it's hard to see things through the lens of our audience. And part of the challenge with that then is that if we can't see things through the lens of our listener, they're not going to get it. I was at, I was considering a financial, a new financial advisor uh, a couple of years ago. My husband and I were at Chase Bank meeting with this guy and he kept talking in all these acronyms. And I finally said, time out, pretend you're talking to me as an elementary school kid. I don't understand what you're talking about right now. And here's part of the problem, everybody. Part of the problem is that you disconnect from your audience when that happens. You make yourself unapproachable. If people don't feel like you're approachable, they're not going to want to listen to you. 
I noticed this the other day, actually, a total aside, a woman at a conference was talking about, and I don't think she was bragging, but she was talking about, oh, we ended up moving into our country home. And oh, yeah, we still have our place in, you know, the big city. I won't say which one it is. I want to identify her. But yeah, we still have our condo there, but we rent out the other properties that we have. And she was, she didn't even know me. And I was thinking, what is it about this that's making it sort of weird? And I thought, oh, when we talk in terms and we put ourselves in a different almost category, it feels there's something that can be off-putting about us. Now, that's a little bit of a different topic, but it did make me think about it. For those of you that in any situation, we want to be aware, who is our audience? And when do I need to speak in more generalities if I'm with the general audience? And when do I need to speak more specifically because they know me well or they know my topic really well. So that cursive knowledge is really important. Another example that I use with cursive knowledge is if you've ever had a physical injury. I fractured something in my ankle once and I remember I went to the doctor and he kept talking about the calcaneus, the calcaneus this and the calcaneus that. And I finally stopped him and I said, excuse me, what is the calcaneus? And he looked at me like I was nuts and he said, oh, it's your heel bone. And I was thinking, why didn't you tell me this five minutes ago? It's that curse of knowledge. I know it wasn't intentional for him, but it's a reminder of being really attuned to what your audience needs. And when you can speak in language that they understand and language that is simple, that's going to make you come across as more approachable, more connected, and you're ultimately going to build bigger trust with them. All right, the next one here, instead of shutting down new ideas, make sure that you are open to new ideas. When we're open to new ideas, it creates such a better experience. Think about it from this perspective. When you're open to new ideas, think, oh, oh I know what I was gonna say. When you're open to new ideas, think five minutes. This is a really great litmus test. Entertain all new ideas for five minutes. I read this somewhere a while ago and I thought that is brilliant because too often for those of us that are managing people, it's really easy to ask if anybody has ideas and then somebody says an idea that you've tried before and you dismiss it right away. Oh, we've already tried that. Thanks, but no thanks. Instead, entertain that idea. Say, okay, five minutes. We're going to brainstorm about this. Let's entertain this. What would this look like? What could, what possibilities might exist here? That alone, not only can help things become more innovative in your business, but it also builds relationships. Because when you show that you're interested, that you want to hear new ideas, that you are open to them, and you're directly putting action behind that by saying, let's brainstorm for five minutes, that builds wonderful teams. The other thing is have a yes and mindset. This comes from improv. Yes, and is the concept of acknowledging an idea and moving the conversation forward by acknowledging that and being open to that new idea. It doesn't mean that you have to say yes, and exactly. It's more of a collaborative mindset. Yes, and we could do this also. Yes, and we could do that. Now, the opposite would be yes, but. 
think about it. We've all been in those situations where somebody says, yes, that's a great idea, but we've tried it before. <laughs> it immediately dismisses or negates the thing that was said before. Do your best to avoid the word, but if you can avoid it, I know there are times where it needs to be there, but generally speaking, like I just did now, generally speaking, you can avoid it. And here's a trick, especially in writing, but also in the spoken word. When you're not sure, when you feel like, oh, it just needs a but, put a period at the end of that sentence and then start a new sentence. That's a great idea, period. In the past, new sentence, in the past, here's what we've done, da da da, da something like that. Yes, and is one of the best ways. And I love the first rule of improv, which is say yes. And again, it doesn't mean that you're agreeing. It simply means you're acknowledging what the person has said, what idea the person has. It does not mean that you have to agree. Very, very important to know that distinguishable difference. Number four, instead of unspoken expectations and assumptions, set clear expectations. That is so much better. Have you ever been in a situation where you thought you were supposed to do it a certain way and then your boss comes to you or the client comes to you and you realize, oh, wow, that is not at all what I thought when we initially talked. Making sure that you are clear with what's expected. It is so easy to make assumptions, so easy to think that things are going to be a certain way. A, a really a small example, but so apropos with this was recently speaking at a conference and staying at the hotel, I had two things I wanted the hotel to print out. Two things went wrong with this request. And I realized after the fact, oh yeah, I guess I didn't tell them either of these. So they they call, I, I said, can I have you print something for me? I sent them the two documents, said, please print these. Thank you so much. Please call me when they're printed so I know that they're ready and I can come down and pick them up. Well, I come down and all of a sudden he pulls out this typical envelope and I immediately cringe going, oh no, he folded them. I didn't want them folded. These were going to be for my trade show booth and I wanted them to be nice and smooth. So I, in my head, expected them in a manila folder, <laughs> not an envelope. Then I opened them up to my great disappointment, they are black and white. And if you know anything about me, I love color and I have bright colors as my brand. And I thought, oh no, they're black and white. They look terrible and the quality wasn't great. And I had to laugh and I thought, okay, I forgot. I didn't think to set those clear expectations. Do you have a color printer? And could you please put these in a folder so that they aren't folded. It was, it was funny, but these things, that is such a small example compared to some of the bigger challenges that we have in business where we think we're so clear. And then we really end up realizing after the fact, and sadly, after the fact, it's too late. But an example of this comes from one of my favorite authors and speakers and change makers, Brene Brown. She has a great term that she says, paint done for me. I like the term, what does done look like to you? And it might feel pain 
painfully obvious <laughs> to or painfully odd to ask this question before you, you know, after you finish a meeting and then you go out and you do your thing. But by asking that question, it gives you a glimpse into, okay, here's what, here's what done looks like to me. Because if it's completely off what done looks like to you, then clearly you can get in front of it. But sadly, too often it happens after the fact. But here are three things that you can do to rectify this. The first thing is think about this in business for people either in the corporate world or in any other situation. When people are reporting to you, proactively clarify roles. Who is doing what? What falls under your jurisdiction? What falls under mine? And when you can proactively do that, that is huge. Secondly, ask what done looks like, similar to what we already talked about. And then the third is state the why up front. Simon Sinek says it best in his book, Start With Why. If people know and understand why they're doing something, it shifts the motivation behind it. It helps them recognize, oh, this is why I'm doing this pain painful thing or you know whatever it might be this thing that I don't want to do or wow makes such a difference for me with my team every single person on my team knows that I am on a mission to eradicate self-doubt in 10 million women in the next 10 years by knowing that mission knowing the why behind these tasks makes it a lot more palatable sometimes especially if it feels like you're asking the question why the heck are we doing this why are we bothering with this why does this matter when we can be proactive and set those expectations with the why in mind. That's brilliant. And I would also share with anybody here who gets direction from others, which all of us do, it could be in your home life as well as your work life, is if if the leader or the person in charge does not say the why, ask them. Say, hey, can you help me understand why we're doing this? Or can you help me understand the logic behind this? That helps me to be a lot more motivated to do the tasks at hand. Those things can truly be a game changer when you're trying to get things done within an organization. So let's review. Recapping the first here that you don't want to do is miss the point with too much detail. And instead, you want to have a point and be clear right up front. The second one is avoid the curse of knowledge. And instead, what you want to do is tailor your message to the audience. The third one is what you don't want to do. The problem is shutting down new ideas. What you want to do instead is be open to new ideas. And then our last for today, unspoken expectations and assumptions are what we don't want to do. And of course, we want to instead set clear expectations. So those are the four things that I want to bring up today that we want to well, we want to avoid and then also do. So what we want to do is just to recap and make this really simple, have a point and stick to it. Number two, tailor your message to your audience. Number three, be open to new ideas. And number four, set clear expectations. And at some point, I'm going to be doing another one because I have got more of these to clarify. And if you want to stand out as an influential communicator, you'll want to tune in for the next episode where I do that. And as a reminder, I am open to speaking engagements. I am booking now for 2024. 
And of course, if you're listening to this in 2024, reach out to me anyway. I would love to talk with you. But even if you're considering a speaker or you even want some help brainstorming ideas for your next event, I would love to talk with you. Reach out. I'd love to brainstorm. I love being innovative together. I love coming up with creative ways to make things happen. And as a reminder, if you'd like to be an ambassador of the mission 10 and 10, eradicating self-doubt and 10 million women in the next 10 years, please reach out to me. There are three ways to become an ambassador and get involved with that. And on that note, have a wonderful rest of your day. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster, and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence. 